Hello and welcome to the Spartan Podcast. My name is Bianca Hedgecock. I am the owner and founder of Eclectic Media. We are a bespoke digital marketing agency based here in the UK. On the Spartan Podcast, you will find everything to do with entrepreneurship, business, fitness, biohacking, self-improvement, anything to make you a better you and improve your day-to-day life and your business. Each week, we are going to have guests on uh, speaking through how they got started, where they're looking to go, all of the hints and tips and tricks that they use to get to where they are today. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Hope you like it and make sure to subscribe. Hi and welcome back to the Spartan Podcast. My name is Bianca Hedgecock. I am the owner of Eclectic Media. We're a digital marketing agency based here in the UK. Today we have Lizzie Laws on the show. She is a travel empowerment coach and a long-standing friend of mine. We used to play football together. So I'll hand over to Lizzie now. She can introduce herself a little bit more and we'll get started. Yeah, hi guys. Thanks for having um, Yeah, I'm Lizzie. I'm a travel empowerment coach. Um, yeah, I've known probably know now what? 10 15 years mate yeah showing our age now aren't we (laughs) flipping heck um yeah so um b and i used to play football together Uh, we went to academy together and yeah sort of just after that went off on our own separate paths and um yeah i ended up working as a prison officer for a long time took a career break to then travel um which is why i've sort of fallen into now the travel empowerment coaching sort of role amazing yeah i think to be fair like not that I like to tell people this, I'm like 34 this year. <laughs> I'm so that means yeah. like I haven't been, it's been about 18 years since I started at the academy, you know. 18 long time, isn't it? Right, yeah. So for people who don't know, me and Lizzie were at the Arsenal Football Academy. Um, we were pretty good in our day before uh, we got old and all that. <laughs> yeah like football was just life back then wasn't it like it's such a different life honestly and the thing is back then as well like you think that is your life like it's so regimented and it's so professional obviously with it being Arsenal it was a certain level we trained five days a week we had academy games then we were playing club games as well plus gym like three days a week like it was nuts it was like literally being a professional footballer without the paycheck (laughs) yeah literally but I've, I've never been like so fit in my life and I wasn't even one of the fittest ones there so <laughs> you know after that it's just been a very fast decline I think yeah um, yeah I know the feeling I think I'm the only person in academy history to never do the sausage roundabout run do you know what you haven't you haven't missed out there mate it's horrendous I was only saying the other day to some of the girls about it um because we had three we had the gate to gate which is like yep. a short fast one which obviously I didn't like because you have to yep. go fast <laughs> square one which was like in the middle yeah most people came in about 16 minutes and I came through at about 18 and a half <laughs> with the goalkeepers <laughs> and then the sausage run well oh, that was mate, awful I hated the running like literally like from a young age I only played football because I loved playing football I did not see myself being a pro I didn't see myself you know living the, the lifestyle of going to the US and all of that stuff even though I did get scouted to go but like I literally just love playing the game. Like I didn't care about the nutrition and, you know, the, the fitness and all of that stuff. I was probably the laziest player back then because I was just like, I'm just going to kick a ball. Like, I'm not going to go running. All of the fit girls are like after, you know, after studies and stuff, they're like, oh, we're going for a run. I was like, see you later. I'm yeah, not going. Put me gym jams on. Yeah, literally. <laughs> 
But like, oh, so okay. from there, what did you do after that then? So you went from the academy, did you go straight into being a prison officer? Like, how did you move from there? Um, no, so a, a lot of the girls, like you say, they got scholarships, they went on to America or like the England Player Development Centre and I just, I don't know, I just didn't have that urge to mm-hmm. want to like take it to that next level, I suppose. And um, But I also didn't want to go to university and so I was like, what am I going to do in my life? So I then went to Chelsea Academy for a year, which yeah. wasn't a living one. It was, um, I just travelled in each day just to, to sort of bridge the gap, really, because I didn't didn't know what I wanted to do. And yeah, so I did that and finished there and sort of just like fell into odd, odd jobs like retail, hospitality. And mm-hmm. and then, yeah, just um, one of the girls I was working with, waitressing, was just like, oh, I'm applying to be a prison officer. Like, you should give it a go. And I thought, oh, well, why not? Like, I don't know what else I'm going to do in my life. Yeah, so it wasn't something I was like burning desire to do. Um, and yeah, it was a long like process because you have to have a lot of obviously vetting, assessment mm-hmm. days, fitness tests and stuff. But I think it was like 18 months after I applied, I finally started. And, wow. And I was like, all right, I've got a career now. So <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty much how I fell into it. How did, how did you feel like going in every day and looking after people that had obviously like gotten on the wrong path so to speak because you've always been like a really positive sort of happy upbeat person so like having to deal with that on a daily basis and knowing what some of them did and you know all of that stuff like how did that how did you handle that like mentally every day I think you just just learned to be just just a person just be who I was because at the end of the day like everyone's got a story and Mm -hmm. you know I think if you went in and took into consideration you know a lot of the the history then yeah. you know you could have a very different outlook you know I suddenly went from like waitressing to being this person who you know you're a mentor you're a first responder you know you've got so many different roles to play in order to like yeah to support support these people and ultimately you're there to help rehabilitate them which is you know it, it is an enjoyable job it's hard it's there's a lot of pressure and it's an environment where every day you're going in and you just don't know what you're going to face but um no I sort of like embraced it and um yeah I did it for six and a half years and you know it's taught me a lot of life lessons and I started when I was 21 so it's quite a young age to sort of go in um, and do that sort of role but yeah it taught me so much about myself and you know I think it's like yeah it's helped me in everything that I've done going forward as well yeah I can imagine like I think people sort of obviously look at people who are in prison or have been in prison in a certain light but actually I think if you look at some of the backgrounds of people as well like some of the circumstances of that you can see them heading down that path already do you know what I mean like there are a lot of things that happen to people as a as a matter of circumstance rather than them being born bad or evil or whatever um and these some of these things could have been avoided so I think it's really good that you went in sort of with that open mind and try to help them rather than like you know just look down on them or whatever because I've heard a lot of like horror stories about people in that industry as well um because I've had a couple of friends from school who went into into that uh sort of you know lifestyle in terms of going down the the police route or the the um the prison officer route you know mm-hmm. so six and a half years like did you not think that that was going to be your career for life or did you just do it because you know it was a good career at the time yeah I think I just like I say I fell into it and 
I didn't really have any idea what I wanted to be when I was older you know like society tells you doesn't it you've got to have this like plan you know you've got to have a job a career a house like mortgage kids married kids yeah yeah and um I think I've very much been someone who's like no show me the rule book (laughs) that says that like so I just sort of go with the flow yeah um but then yeah six and a half years sort of passed and I I kind of got to the stage where I was like okay I was looking around at my work colleagues who'd been in the job for like 20 30 years and I was thinking if I don't do something else like that's going to be me yeah Um, and I just thought there's so and that's fine for them that's their journey they wanted to take like but for me (laughs) yeah I was like no I'm I'm not going to be in that position so Yeah. yeah that's what kind of gave me sort of like that that kick really to to yeah go and travel so you packed it in to go traveling or did you like think oh I'm gonna get a new job like how did that move from there so I took a career break and quite fortunate in the prison service they do like a quite a good um yeah system of career breaks so I literally walked in one morning I mentioned it to my line manager I hadn't really thought too much about it and by the end of my shift I'd had a career break granted and I was like (laughs) okay right so can't really think too much about that now it's happening and um which was good because it didn't yeah. give me time to back out yeah um, and yeah so I had I think it was six months before then I went and yeah just crammed in like the overtime and I kind of knew that I had that safety net that I could come back to the job yeah and which is obviously the beauty of a career break but it turns out that that actually uh, I didn't really need that because you know the minute I got on the plane and went um I wasn't even thinking about what was going on in the prison to be honest so <laughs> last last thing you were thinking about literally so like so obviously you decided to go traveling and stuff like obviously I know that we went to the same uh Camp America camp which was pretty awesome we've got some mutual friends there as well which is nuts because they're on the other side of the the world um mm-hmm. but did so did you go traveling and then do Camp America or did you like go straight to Camp America how did that work for you yeah so my, the first thing I did I just booked a one-way ticket to New Zealand um, so I didn't really have much of a plan. Um, initially, I had an 18-month career break. So I was like, oh, I'll just go and see what happens. And yeah, um, yeah so I like, went to New Zealand and I worked out there. Um, Did you go on your cool. own? Um, so I went out with a mate who came for a couple of weeks and then she went back home. And and then, yeah, I was on my Todd. But to be fair, I think there was that fear initially of, oh, God, I'm on the other side of the world. Like, I'm not yeah. going to know anyone. But literally within like a couple of days, you know you're just surrounded by like-minded people who've just mm-hmm. got this like zest for life and you just make it what it is and yeah it's brilliant um I worked yeah. on a llama trekking farm I got proper cultural nice like did all sorts and yeah That's a just, serious experience that yeah literally and I, I didn't even know what llama trekking was to be honest like I saw it on one of their adverts for like the backpackers board and I was yeah. like oh, I'll give that a go um <laughs> and turned up and yeah you just harness these llamas and just walk them like along the beach <laughs> and people paid to do that I was like this is insane that's crazy um, but yeah just yeah it was just amazing to have the like, opportunity to just do something different and be around people from all over the, the world like mm. um, so yeah I traveled a bit and I'd always thought about Camp America but it wasn't anything that I'd taken action mm. um, and then I thought well I'm on this career right now so I might as well and then yeah that's what started it so nice three three summers in different camps yeah I mean to be honest like I've got so many fond memories of doing it like I've always said it's the best thing I ever did like honestly like and I I went out there on my own as well and it was 
I don't think I'd ever like apart from when I was maybe like three or four like when I was really young I'd never been on a plane like up until that point so I'm sitting there like at Heathrow and I'm <laughs> my family's all dropped me off and I've gone through and I'm like sitting there thinking what the hell am I doing like <laughs> I've never got on a plane before in my life but now I'm sitting here about to go away for three months on an eight-hour flight I don't know what I'm walking into like I've <laughs> never done this before but it really does build character because it really forces you to like come out of your shell speak to more people like and especially with the camps in the US like they're all like really over the top cheery like yeah you know kids sing the camp songs and all of that stuff yeah <coughs> excuse me and that's well that wasn't me anyways I was really reserved even at the academy like I was very quiet I kept myself to myself I was literally there for the football um and to be honest I think I only went to, I only went to Arsenal for the same reason because I didn't know what else to do like after school didn't want to go to uni didn't want to go to A levels loved football I was like well that's an obvious choice you know I'll just go and do that mm-hmm. and then it was like well now what like I got quite a serious injury I, I dislocated my ankle so that was like the end of the scholarships the end of everything and I was like well what do I do now so like I bounced around like bitty jobs like you as well and I think the first time I really like pushed myself out of my comfort zone was that time that I went to to Camp America because I literally had no choice like I was in another country on my own had to survive in like multiple different little like cliques and niches and groups and and then taking on the culture side of it as well like it is 100% hands down best thing I ever did and literally like I say like every day you're like pushed out your comfort zone that little bit more and I think that's that's where you get the most growth yeah 100 and now I, I always take that and I think right what can I do to push myself because I know by doing that you know I'm going to better myself as a person so yeah definitely I think I wasn't in that mindset of being a person of growth especially when I was younger because like I said like my whole thing when I was younger was I'm just going to play football because I love mm-hmm. it I don't know what else I'm going to do like I don't I never I always grew up knowing I wanted to own a business didn't know what I wanted what business I wanted to own just knew I, I had a passion for business but then like it got to the point where I was like well like it's gone now now what like I was I can 100% admit that I was lost for a good few years I just did anything that brought money in and paid the bills um but looking back on it that was growth without realizing it like now I seek out growth like I read so many different books always talking to people like I've taken on coaches mentors taking courses for personal growth because it interests me to the point where I'm actually like what am I capable of mm-hmm. but I think if I'd have taken that um that initiative back then like I could have got so much more out of the experience than I already did and I already think it was the best experience of my life do you know what I mean yeah absolutely and I, I do I'm a great believer in timing as well though like with that 100% but I think you know things happen when they're meant to happen mm. um so there was a reason that you obviously went to camp that year do you know I mean whatever that was yeah no uh, idea yeah. what I was but it was yeah 100% hands down the best thing I ever did what did you do out there were you a, a camp specialist or are you uh so by the time I went to the same one green chimneys as you um yeah. it was my third year so I was head staff I did um the trackers did they yeah yeah trackers? Yeah. yeah, so I was head staff for trackers. Um, nice. On the hillside. Yeah, what were you doing? Adventure specialist, climbing that frigging tower every day, oh, hanging nice. the ropes. <laughs> was that a hillside as well? Yeah, you... yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so know. good. Honestly, yeah. and I was scared of heights then as well. That's what I mean about growth. Like, I had to climb this 60-foot tower every day mm-hmm. on my own. <laughs> and you have to clip yourself in. You have to climb this yeah. freaking ladder to then clip yourself in, to then get to the top. 
And I literally, I remember like the first couple of times I did it, I think I nearly killed myself. Like when you don't clip in properly and then you have to hang the ropes and then come down all on your own. And I was like, yeah. this is nuts. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We I had think to I've do still that got my carabiner well. somewhere. <laughs> but again, like you probably would never have done anything like that. Do no, you know what I mean? If you hadn't have got on that plane and yeah. yeah, it might not have been something you think, yes, I, you know, I want to work on ropes all summer, but actually like how much did that change her? And then yeah, 100%. Found, like taking on all these different job roles. Now I'm like so open to anything because I'm like, there's so much out there yeah. like that I'm potentially missing out on. So just give it a go. Well, this is it. Like, that's what I said. Like, just being a personal growth in terms of being open to opportunity. And I like, I mean, I haven't really looked into that whole, you know, manifestation side of things and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm quite a realist and a practical person. Like, I still find it a little hippy dippy for me. Mm-hmm. But the science behind it is literally a, a case of don't close your mind off to things. Like, the more we fixate on whatever is in our mind. So, you know, if it's negative we're only going to attract negative because that's literally all our mind will focus on because we're looking for it and I think that's kind of the practical side behind the manifestation but I wouldn't I wouldn't have experienced that type of growth had I not done the travel mm-hmm. and like even now like I'm, I'm such a home bird I, I probably like I know you want to move away you want to move to Canada next year I've been to Canada it's amazing um actually did it while I was at Camp America <laughs> oh nice yeah we drove eight hours to the border that was fun oh I went over to Niagara yeah yeah it was good um but like I know I like I know obviously you doing all the the travel sort of empowerment of people doing it but I think people under underestimate the power of travel Mm -hmm. like and I am a home bird but I would I would quite be happy to go two three weeks in a place explore it Mm -hmm. and then come home and then you know leave and go I'm not a I'm going to go away for two years type person. Although I have friends that have done that. I think it just, travel enriches your life. You just have to fit it into your life. Exactly. And the thing is, I I think there's like a, very much a stigma around it. Like when people say traveling, people automatically think, right, backpack, go for a year (laughs) or two. But actually travel can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Travel can be as much as like just visiting like a new city. Yeah, you know, going away for weekend, going camping in your own country. Like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be a board. And I think um, part of the work that I want to do is really to kind of break that down because people people missing out. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I think Corona as well this year, like obviously before we got put in a full lockdown, um, people started to explore the UK more um, mm-hmm. and find out actually we have some really amazing places here um, that they probably never would have even you know contemplated had we not been put in lockdown definitely and like all of a sudden it was funny wasn't it because literally Boris made his announcement and all of a sudden everyone was a walker yeah I've never seen so many people like all, all getting on a bike yeah you buy a bike for love nor money <laughs> can't get any kind of exercise equipment for nothing no and I, I guarantee you people bought it and then never used it they were like oh yeah I'll, I'll use it for you know three days mm-hmm. I'll walk in and then they're like oh, no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh it's a new new series on Netflix yeah literally yeah. I mean, I must admit, like, obviously, because of my rehab, I have bought, like, one of those little bikes, but just to help me, like, with my range of motion and stuff. But, like, I hate walking. My my missus is an avid walker. Don't ask me why. She's like, oh, should we get out and walk today? And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's cold out there and it's wet. Like, I have no intention of going out there. She's like, oh, I just have to get some fresh air. I'll go, like, have a bath and come back and all the windows are open. 
and it is absolutely Baltic. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I just want some fresh air. I was like, go stand yeah. outside. <laughs> it's freezing in here. But yeah, I mean, I have got into walking more. Like I invested in some uh, like, not even walking boots. So we went looking for wellies and we couldn't find any wellies anywhere because again, everyone's a walker. Mm-hmm. So we found like these snow boots slash like welly things, which are awesome mm-hmm. from Audi. Don't underestimate the power of Audi's middle aisles. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, and now I don't mind walking too much because I'm not ruining my Air Force Ones or anything. <laughs> you haven't got a baby wife from after. Yeah, exactly. Oh, mate, honestly, I got a new pair for my birthday in August and I took my nephew pumpkin picking and absolutely caked in mud and I haven't cleaned them yet and it's breaking my heart that they're sitting in my boot at the minute. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's, that's another story but yeah I think definitely travel is um is something that people need to to it, just explore more like I went on a, a staycation a few years back I went to Cornwall and honestly it's the most beautiful place I've ever been it's like the beaches down there are incredible especially in the summer have you been yeah not not for a long time but mm. as a kid we used to go down there and yeah it is it's beautiful and it's on our doorstep really so yeah. you haven't got to get on a plane and no literally yeah, there's so much out there and it's about sort of knowing what it is that you want to get from travel as well because everyone's experience is different yeah you know um, 100% that's the beauty of it so after you left uh, Camp America what did you then move on to um so after my third time I then I went to Canada and did like an outdoor ed season nice for the full um did a bit more traveling like went to Oz and I did the West Coast and the Camper and Bali and just just bobbed about really. Uh, came back, did a little bit of work, saved some money, went again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it was start of last year, 2019. I was like, I felt like I was ready to come back, like, yeah. but for good. So in my mm-hmm. head, I was like, yeah, like I've, I've done my traveling. Um, yeah, I'm ready to sort of settle down as it were, which is crazy because I just had all these adventures and I... I felt like I wanted to go back into my comfort zone. So I did that. Um, and I went back to the prison service, but I changed roles mm-hmm. um, just because I was like, I need to do something different. I don't want to be going back doing the same thing I was doing like four years previous. Yeah. Um, but by going back into that environment, I very quickly realised like, no, like this is not, this is not for you. <laughs> like <laughs> what are you doing? And it was good. I'm glad I did it because you know it sort of crushed all them ideas like that I was ready for that that's what I wanted because actually no it reinforced what I didn't want for my life and that's sort of where I sort of ended up sort of falling into this uh, sort of travel empowerment coaching role Um, a bit with a pandemic as well like you know everyone's world's been turned upside down hasn't it Mm -hmm. but for me I sort of took the opportunity to sort of pivot and really like focus on what my passion was and yeah and build a business out of it so. so how did you go about doing your coaching did you like go because I know you said you're an accredited empowerment coach which is a lot different to a lot of these uh Instagram gurus who just call themselves a coach or a mentor um how like how did you even get into that did someone approach you and say look I do this or did you go looking for it like how did was, that journey start it was through actually so um I'm a sucker for reality tv shows um and Love Island obviously um and one of the guys who was on it Johnny Mitchell mm-hmm. um so I just followed him on Instagram and he was like posting loads of stuff about coaching so I just followed a link and basically he is uh, one of the business owners of the coaching masters right um, 
and yeah I did my training through them and you it's like a three month like intensive program Mm -hmm. um, and you come out and you're like an internationally accredited coach because they're linked with a coaching federation Um, so I did that um, and most coaches then you sort of niche you sort of find whatever you want to niche into Mm -hmm. so for me I was oh like empowerment and then I found like a travel coaching um, certification as well that I could do um, again which is internationally recognized so I did that as well and molded them together nice um so yeah that's how yeah I've got to where I am now do you still work with coaches like I know you've obviously done your training but like in terms of I don't know a business coach or you know a coach's coach or like how to structure your offers and stuff do you work with anyone like that now yeah absolutely like it's one of the biggest things I've learned is when you're going into sort of any kind of coaching role every coach needs a coach because <laughs> I think at the start you think yeah I've got this I can do this on my own but Mm -hmm. it's a huge world there are so many different types of coaches out there yeah you know um so I'm working with like a business mindset coach at the moment who's really helping me put together like like you just said like my offers like my structures Mm -hmm. the the sort of back-end stuff that you don't see yeah building your systems and your delegation your automation literally (laughs) yeah and there's so much to learn like you know at at first it's easy to think yeah I'll just do a one-to-one coaching program I'm going to charge this amount of money well no chance there is so much more than that yeah literally if you want to do it right yeah 100 percent. I think especially if you're turning it into a business as well like if you want to learn to drive you get a driving instructor you know if you want to learn to scuba dive you get a scuba diving instructor and just because we're in business doesn't mean we're any different and actually it accelerates the learning process because you are working with someone who's already done it you know you've got proven systems at work you've got a temp sort of like a template on how to take the next step how to find your ideal client how to structure your offer you know even the down to like buyer mentality and psychology of how how to use certain words even colors like come down when you're doing I don't know copy for instance like red is always seen as a negative whereas blues and greens are always seen as a positive that sort of stuff like there's so much stuff behind it mm-hmm. and I think you forget that like as soon as you get into business you're like right I own a business everyone's going to come running and you think it does not work like that if it did we'd be, we'd be millionaires we wouldn't be here mate <laughs> I tell you. yeah and like I mean even me like I I took on uh I took on a couple of courses I've taken on a coach as well um because there's always like a better way to do something and why would you want to reinvent the wheel like you you can spend weeks and weeks and weeks on on one single like single problem and actually you could just you know hire a coach probably depending on a coach maybe anywhere between 50 to 200 pound an hour and they solve that problem for you Mm -hmm. in that time rather than spending two three four weeks trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. it then comes down to how how much is your time worth do you know what I mean because realistically, like you have to spend a little bit to save yourself that time because then you can Absolutely. accelerate and grow. That's it. And a lot of it is very much like reinvesting as well. Um, like I've now on top of my coach just invested in um, sort of a coach to set up my sort of onboarding mm-hmm. um, system. And simply because that's so time consuming and it's easier for me to yeah. just pay someone to do that, mm-hmm. you know, than do it myself because that. I mean working full-time and doing this on top that would take me weeks of evenings to get even get that done so you know and it's having that accountability as well I'm Mm -hmm. sure with you like having your own coach like you know it's someone who's going to hold you accountable you know to make sure that you get get your things done that you need to move forward 
So this onboarding funnel, have you automated it? How how is that working for you? So I've done my um, a couple of like email funnels. Um, I've got like a challenge coming up, so I've been setting all that up myself. But um, yeah, the one that I'm literally just about to start with this other coach is just like the client onboarding journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I actually want it to look like when I launch my like one to one program, and yeah, yeah, that's something that I knew I had to do, but I just sort of left it for now because yeah. I was like, okay, well, that's something I'll do later. But actually, no, because I want it to be professional. It's got to look right and you know, you only get, get one, one shot at a first impression. So you got to make go. it right. It <laughs> wears out my mouth. Literally. No, because I do the same. Like my onboarding funnel, it's all automated. Like I pre-recorded videos. Um, my clients onboard themselves within 60 to 90 minutes. Whereas most agencies, almost tr- traditional agencies can take up to a week to onboard you. Mm-hmm. They can do it themselves within 60 to 90 minutes. It's all branded. It's all um, all step by step and like everything they need to do in order for us to get there. But once it's done, once it's built, that's just like that's its own little ecosystem of you know work. You stress test it, you make sure it's you know sustainable under a certain workload, and then you can leave it. You know that that works, and it's so much easier than trying to like every time you onboard a client, like oh, what have I got to send them? Oh no, I forgot to send an invoice, or oh, I forgot to send them a contract, or do you know what I mean? So I think for me, building systems in my business is my key focus this year mm-hmm. because you, you you set it and forget it once you've built it you know it works it's a system it's automated you use softwares you know you use even like for email funnels use things like mail or That's mailchimp it, yeah. or all of that stuff um but you know it works unless mm-hmm. the system like the software itself breaks down which these days is very rare you know you've built something that can last once you do that you move on to the next set of like part of your business um i read um easily the best book i read last year was called the e-myth revisited um i can't even think where it is actually oh there it is michael e gerber is the author okay the e-book uh the e-myth revisited and it literally is just how to build systems in your business it is the hands down single most important book i think i've read last year and i would recommend it to anyone um because i think you underestimate the power of systems and it talks about um how you can like replicate a franchise sort of structure to a business Mm -hmm. so you think places like kfc mcdonald's wherever you go they're all the same like you know what you're getting because they've built a system that like produces a certain result the same way every time yeah it just talks you through how you can do that for your business. Like you can't, you're not going to have a deviation in supply of your business because you've built a system that supplies the same thing every single time Mm -hmm. and they know what they're getting, which then will translate into client retention and also more referrals because you know what you're giving out. So yeah, if you're looking at building business, uh, like systems for your business, hands down the best book you can read for it. Have a look at that, I think. And I, I think another important thing is, you know, with that and having them things in place, it then allows you to sort of focus on, mm-hmm. you know, the other stuff yeah. and stuff that you like probably really enjoy. Yeah. Stuff that you're passionate about. So, yeah, exactly. Definitely. I think you can pick and choose once you start your business which are the parts you want to keep hold of and which are the parts you want to either delegate or automate. Um, and yeah, that why, why do you get into business? It's not to make money, it's to help people and to do something you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, 
last year, obviously, when I first started out, I wasn't making halfway anywhere near what I was earning at my day job. I was 10 times happier because I enjoyed what I was doing. Yeah. And that's the reason we get into business. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just having that, you know, that little bit of grit inside you to say, right, I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, And not listening to people that tell you you can't do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. And, you know, say I I feel like society very much like puts this like pressure on us to, Mm -hmm. you know, be in these jobs and you have to have this, that and the other to be successful. Well, actually, you get to define what success looks like to you. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. So. It's, yeah, it's not a very cool um, sort of idea, is it? Like for you to pick what success looks like to you. Like for me, last year, the success was not losing my leg or my life and actually being happy in the work that I do no matter where I am. And I was earning 10 times less than what I was at my day job. Like mm-hmm. that is a success for me because I actually got up every day if I wasn't in hospital, you know, enjoying my job. Mm-hmm. like that is a, that that I don't understand why that's not pushed more for people like when I when I have kids you know whenever that may be that's going to be the first thing like cover your bills but anything after that be happy if you're happy then job done do you know what I mean absolutely 100% because you spend so much of your time as well like if you're employed in a job you know yeah. you run your own business and it's on your terms you know you build your your lifestyle Literally. and around that you know it's well, we're lucky because our business can be taken anywhere. Like, obviously, you said you want to move to Canada next year. You can literally take your business with you. As long as you have an internet connection and a laptop, you're, you know, you're golden. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, like, obviously, like, schools and stuff are not geared towards creating entrepreneurs and business owners. They're geared towards the workers and putting you in jobs. But you can't put people in jobs if you don't create jobs. And, they, you know, there has, I think there should be more of a balance I think with entrepreneurs, they take more of an onus on learning themselves. You know, we obviously put more work into personal development with coaches and courses and stuff, but should be in mainstream, you know, education because without creating jobs, you can't put people in them. Right. Absolutely. And I I think back to when, like, I was doing my GCSEs and I had like a careers advice meeting um, and I had to fill out this like online test and give all these, and it gave you like your ideal job. Yeah. I was I was told I was going to be a forklift truck operator <laughs> based on my answers. I kid you not, right? And don't get me wrong, there is absolutely nothing wrong with forklift <laughs> truck operators. Like, you know, they yep. do a great job. But I turned around to this woman and I was like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and this is like when I was 15. And that's when I was like, I'm going to a football academy. Yeah. And she didn't even, she didn't even know what that was. <laughs> but like you say, like, I would love to go into a school now and mm-hmm. see what they're actually teaching kids at that age. Because... Yeah. You know, we should be encouraging people to sort of like follow follow their dreams and yeah, definitely you know, set their soul on fire. Don't just don't get stuck. even like basic things of like how like mortgages work and how pensions work and you know all of this sort of stuff. Like this should be basic life skills like how to budget, how to manage your you know mm-hmm. your funds, how to generate more funds, having multiple streams of income because relying on one is just ridiculous. Like which I found out the hard way when I did my knee because I only had my day job. Um, and I, I, I was working at Heathrow at the airport. Obviously I live 20, 20 miles away, had to get on the M25 every day to get there, did my knee, went straight into a straight leg brace, couldn't drive for a year, lost my job. I got made redundant because I couldn't go. So then everything went up in the air. Luckily, obviously I you know, started my own, well, continued my own business, but I had to pivot then. So we went from content creation, being a creative agency into marketing because I had that ability to, but if I hadn't, 
I, I don't I don't know where I'd be that like I could have been homeless or you know anything could have happened because I lost my one source of income yeah I think that things have drastically moved forward like in the last couple of years especially with the development of the internet e-commerce like how easy it is to set up your own business these days even like you know like if you wanted to sell homemade soaps or homemade candles or you know you could set up a shopify store in in 10 minutes yeah Um, why we aren't teaching these kids how to actually run a a proper business i remember when i was at school bearing in mind this (laughs) this was like 18 years ago when i left school but business studies was learning how to mail merge and how to you know structure a letter that's not business mm-hmm. it's not no. business studies like how to use word and excel like that's like bare minimum stuff Do you know what i mean you might as well be teaching kids how to use a typewriter that's not business studies literally and like in this day and age like kids are on their phones all the time you know mm-hmm. they're you know they're all pretty switched on in that department like kids now are gonna probably know a lot more than i do mm-hmm. you know about technology so use that to our our advantage and yeah you know send them out to the world with that like you know that drive to go and make a difference yeah i think that's like with like lockdown as well like people have started to get a little bit more creative because they've been put in a position where they've had to find a way to make an income and you know there are some positives that we can definitely take out of the last year i think yeah 100 percent. i think you just have to it's just a case of like how you look at it like all you have to do is turn on youtube and search business ideas of 2021 and you will have a million videos of kids and i mean kids like from like 15 upwards making millions of pounds from the internet because they figured it out yeah like they didn't need the business studies but doesn't mean it's not relevant like they're making millions of pounds on youtube videos or even doing what i do social media marketing because they figured it out they went and found someone to teach them mm-hmm. now I'm not a big fan of university. Obviously, my my other half, she went because she's a physio. But unless you're in a structured sort of chartered career, I think university is a complete waste of time. You just charge someone £60,000 to, at the moment, do online classes that you could switch on YouTube and find out for yourself or even do a quick Google search. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are so many ways now to, to learn and to educate yourself. And you have the freedom to find it what subjects like in, intrigued you or you know gets you excited and there'll be a hundred thousand other people teaching you how to do it mm-hmm. absolutely like I, I always think that like back to the academy days like I knew that there wasn't anything that I wanted to do for the rest of my life mm-hmm. so it's just about having that mindset and I think a lot of people just just do it because maybe it's ingrained in them you know it's a you know family tradition everyone then goes on to university but yeah it's like no just there's nothing you can't learn on the internet that you can't that you learn at uni like 100 even physio work like don't get me wrong if you have to be chartered like i've had this conversation with my other half but when i had my first operation which was about two years ago i had um like arthroscopy and both knees at the same time my own rehab was structured by myself because i youtubed everything Mm -hmm. like it got to the point where because obviously i was sharing my journey and sharing everything with people online people started actually saying to me aren't you a pt and i'm like no like because I learned so much just from watching YouTube and educating myself on my own sort of recovery people just then assumed that I was an expert because of the knowledge that I was putting out but I learned it from YouTube Mm -hmm. which is free I'm not gonna then pay 60 grand to go to uni to learn something I can learn on YouTube Mm -hmm. I always say now like with, with my traveling and everything that I've done like I've got 
I've got like a CBA life. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to call it. So <laughs> love that. I might not have, you know, a degree or a master's yeah. or anything else, but I've got a hell of a lot more life experience than a lot of people who are in them jobs do. And that's nothing against them people. That's that's their path. That's what they chose. Yeah. But I know I'd much rather be in my shoes and, mm-hmm. you know, be like, yeah, bring it on. What's next? Yeah, exactly. And like even, you know, I say um, mid thirties now, but that's still so young in the grand scheme of things. Like, you can live to 90 odd like that's still a good 60 years of my life that I've got left you know what I mean and I don't want to spend that sitting behind a desk for someone else where you get no recognition no gratification you literally get a paycheck and they will replace you at the drop of a hat to make sure that their system continues to run which is what business is but it doesn't mean that that should be your life like you have to expand outside of that you get one life do what you want to do with it do you know what I mean absolutely Amen to that. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably start wrapping up anyways, because we've been chatting for a while. <laughs> but um, so I just wanted to quickly touch on the fact that you have a, uh, well, you will be having a free three day travel and thrive challenge. Is that right? <clears throat> yeah, that's right. So with, um, like with my coaching, my main sort of focus is to really sort of empower women. Like I mm-hmm. think, you know, there's a lot of women out there who would love to travel, but there's just something that's holding them back, you know, whether that's a lack of confidence or, you know, their money mindset, they just think they just can't afford it or whatever. So yeah, I'm sort of building the challenge um, around that. It's going to be over three days. Um, so that'll be coming out sort of shortly. Um, I'm going to be running through my Facebook group, um, which is the Fearless Females Travel Club. So yeah, I've, um, yeah, it's, it's good. I'm sort of building a lot of momentum with it and I've got some really awesome women in, in there already. So um yeah i'll be doing that and then launching a program after awesome so this uh facebook group of yours is it open to anyone like how do people get in like do they just request access and you let them in or how does it work yeah literally just a couple of questions when you come in um obviously travel related ones um and then yeah just part of uh this community that i'm sort of building which i'm really excited about so amazing all right well i will drop the link to that uh below in the uh the description um but yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, I'll link all your socials where people can get you, but you can um, give us give yourself a shout out now if you want to. <laughs> just, um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, just at Lizzie Laws. Um, and yeah, over in my Facebook group. Amazing. All right, Lizzie. Well, thank you very much. Um, and we'll catch up soon. Nice. Thanks for having me. Nice to chat to you. All right.